0: Your thoughts for the next little while on this thought God's plan and the end time move of God. God's plan and the end time move of God. If you will, stand to your feet and turn with me to the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I do believe that there is something that would like to hinder the service tonight. It's been good. The singing's been good. The shouting's been like normal, but I still feel the holding back in the in the in the room. I want us to. In, I want to encourage you that as we get into the Word of God, that your hearts will be open and your ears to listen. Because I, if I, if I never stand in this pulpit again, I want you to hear what God has to say tonight. Amen. Let's just pray right now that God would have His way. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just yield ourselves unto you. Our minds, our bodies. Father, this service for the rest of the way we put into your hands. We thank you tonight for the privilege, Lord. You said how good it is for us to dwell together in unity. And in such a place, you'll command the blessing. Father, I pray that you bless these people tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. The book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 4. The book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Somebody says, wait. For the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Verse 6, And they therefore were come together and asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto him, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. Verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the othermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word today. You may be seated. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord. God's plan and the end time move of God. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be in this pulpit tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. If, it, if I get too free, amen. He, if he don't let me come back, I've got a place to go tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. To be clear in the Bible, a vessel is often used as a symbol to represent God's person. The vessel is not an instrument to be used and discarded afterwards. But the vessel is a container by which it is to hold something. God's man or God's woman or even God's people must contain God. We talk about being possessed by the devil and the things of darkness. But God is looking for a people who will be possessed by Him. This is the purpose of God. He said, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that you would visit him? God is mindful of our lives. He rules the world, and He rules the church, and He rules it through a people that will pray. A people that will open themselves up to God. This is accomplished by the infilling of the blessed Holy Ghost, which is God himself. Amen. And he's come to fill you and I, brother Darren, tonight as vessels of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, do not be drunk with wine, which is in excess. But he commands us, be ye filled with the Spirit. Now listen, I want to share some things with you tonight. And I've got a ways I want to go. There are three levels in our lives that we can find the anointing that will rest upon us. The first level that we find the anointing comes upon a man because he's been grafted into Christ as a new creation. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17 says that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Amen. So the first level of anointing that comes in our lives is because we've been born again. Can you say amen? When we enter into the gates of that city, hallelujah, or when we step over the threshold from darkness unto light, there's a level of anointing that rests upon your life because you are a child of God. Can you say amen? Even at the beginning, the new Christian, because of the new birth, receives this anointing at the door. The second level of anointing that comes upon a man is because of the honor and the position that that person occupies within the church. Amen. Within the kingdom of God. It may have nothing to do, this anointing, with that person's spiritual life, It comes with the office. There's a grace that has nothing particular to do with alignment. We see this in Samuel chapter 10 verse 6. When we find the words of the prophet Samuel as he was talking to Saul who was going to be the king that the people chose. And the spirit of the Lord, Samuel said to Saul, will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them. We're talking about the second level of anointing that falls upon the office. He wasn't a preacher, but he was a king, and that office needed God to anoint it. Can you say amen? So we see that you will prophesy with them and shall be turned, the word of God says, into another man. That's what the anointing does in our lives. It takes us and turns us into something different. Natural becomes supernatural. So we see in our lives, all of us, even as an intercessor, any position, an elder, pastor, that anointing can fall upon the office, but it doesn't necessarily come with that life of of, of faithfulness per se. And when they came hither to the hill, The Word of God said in verse 10, Behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, this is Saul, and he prophesied amongst them. It didn't matter that the people chose to be led by Saul. God still joined himself to Saul. You've got to understand the way that God commits himself. God is a covenant-keeping God, Victory Temple. And God will do for you in the year 2022, not just because of what you're doing for yourself, God may be faithful to this house for those that you don't see anymore. The Word of God says that we're encamped about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And those prayers and those tears that have been laid in this place to lay the foundation, which is Christ, is benefiting us today. So we may not necessarily do anything particular ourselves to receive the blessing that we sit under tonight, the pews you sit on, amen. These beams were laid by men that are now in the corridors of heaven. They're not here anymore, but you sit up under the shadow of that. So we are receiving benefits by others because of what they've done. The third level of anointing comes upon a man, not only because of the new birth, not only because of the position, Brother Jerry, that he holds, but the new level of anointing comes upon a man based upon the sacrifices that he's willing to give to line himself up with God. I said that third level is based upon alignment. Listen to me, church. This is very important to us as we are in this end time. Because we'll only be a reflection of God to the degree that we're lined up with God. Just because we're a church, we've got a building, we have service, doesn't justify God using this church. Any church, there must be alignment. As the moon reflects the sun, you see oftentimes a quarter moon a half moon, but when the the moon is technically always full, but it reflects the image of the sun to the degree that it's perfectly lined up with the sun. Are we full tonight? What kind of display are we showing the community tonight? Are we full tonight? So this third level of anointing is what will make and continue to make a person and a people relevant. I want to stick here for a minute. A church becomes irrelevant because the people become irrelevant. I'll say it again. If Victory Temple is irrelevant on 11th Street tonight, it's because we're irrelevant. The church will be what the people are. Amen. Amen. This third level anointing, when we line ourselves up totally with God, We'll make it whether or not we're relevant in the end time move of God. The sacrifices we're willing to make. David went to the threshing floor when that curse was upon the people because he chose to number the people. And he chose to fall upon the, the God's mercy, to fall up under the mercy of God. He goes to the threshing floor and the man says, hey, whatever you need, king, I'll give you. Whatever you want, you can have my threshing floor. He said, no, I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to offer sacrifice on something I've not personally paid for. It requires sacrifice. And we all have to make that sacrifice along the way. We're making a choice in this thing. We've been born again. Amen. We have a position in the church. But for us to be used in these last days, it's going to take a full alignment. A full alignment. Can you say amen? If you as a person, hallelujah, have no title, if you as a person have no position, if you as a person have no degree, if you as a person have no pulpit, if you as a person have nobody, if you've got alignment with God, that's all you need. That's all you need, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we'll pay the price to align ourselves up with God's plan, then we will once again become relevant. There was a time that the nation looked to the church to see what it had to say. There was a time, and now the church is looking to the nation and the politics of the nation to hear what they have to say to govern our lives. Something's flipped inside out here. There was a time when they would call Billy Graham Bring him to the White House. Want to hear what the man of God had to say. Pray for me. I'm leading this nation. I've got to know what thus said God. There were once people in that White House that lived like that. When we line ourselves up, hallelujah, hallelujah, we will be relevant no matter what the season, no matter what the age, you'll stand out as a contributor to the body of Christ. You'll stand out, Eddie. Eddie. No matter what people think, no matter what it is, if you contribute, if you line up, if you be what God says you're going to be, you'll be an unknown prophet when this thing is all over with. God can use us in seasons. We see new people come. Churches popping up everywhere. Amen. Everybody's called. Everybody's got to work. Facebook's full of ministries and things of that nature. We see new people come and we see people go. But there are some people that you see in life that they remain relevant until they die. Some people find a way to line themselves up that from the cradle to the grave, they're impacting the kingdom of God. They're impacting the kingdom of God. They're not just up in here soaking up the anointing. They're bringing the anointing with them when they go. Because they line themselves up, hallelujah, with the God of heaven and earth. Can you say amen? Their interest is not simply being born again or simply being a pastor. Their interest is in God himself. They're seekers of God not seekers of opposition. They're seekers of God, not just revival. They're seekers of God and not what God does for them. They're seekers of God because when God comes, you'll have everything that you need. Hallelujah. They seek God Himself. We've got to want Him to come. He's the answer. He doesn't just make a difference. He is the difference. And when he walks in this aisle and he walks down these pews, he'll touch lives if we line ourselves up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's plan in the end time revival. Hallelujah. These people are seeking after God, and God's seeking after them. I just want to be real with you. Amen. Gloria. Gloria. People are seeking after God. God's looking for them too. Amen. I preached that this morning. God is looking for them. He said, we see from the beginning that God said we're going to make Adam in our own image. From the dust of the earth, he formed that man and breathed into that man and made him a living soul. When God put his mouth over the nostrils and the mouth of Adam, he gave Adam his DNA. He he breathed into him life. That's what we are. God's got many creatures, but none like man. What is man that thou art mindful of him? When the church loses its relevance and its focus, then the plan of God is going to be hindered. You've got to realize where you are, church. You're important in this thing. I mean, time is running out. Time is running out. Genesis 3 and 9, and the Lord God called unto Adam, and he said, Adam, where art thou? We see that God had breathed into Adam, but one day that fellowship was broken between God and Adam. The Bible says they walked in the cool of the day, and they fellowshiped. And so one day God knew that something was wrong. He walked in there, and he said, Adam, wherefore art thou? That's the question tonight that I want to ask you. By Adam's own admission, he says, I heard your voice, but I hid from you. That's a picture of the New Day church, the modern church. Preacher preaches in the pulpit. We hear what God is saying, but we flee from the presence of God like Jonah. One thing about Jonah God never raised up another prophet. Jonah got swallowed up in the well. He got spit out in the sea. He caused other people to suffer shipwreck on the boat. But when it was all said and done, Jonah had to do what he was called to do. He didn't raise up another man. He called him and he expected him to do what he was birthed to do. So look at this. Something has happened to us when we can hear the voice of God and we hide when God speaks. How do we hide? Sometimes we hide under how well we look. Amen. Sometimes we hide under how uh, religious we look. Sometimes we hide because we know just what to say and what to do and how to do it. Amen. We can fit in. Amen. You may be an elder or a teacher or even a pastor, but in the realm of the Spirit, where are you at? Think about this, church. Is there a vacancy in the Spirit? Is there their vacancy. We had faithful fathers that prophesied and spoke of an end time that we're presently in. In this message this morning, I said that God doesn't justify that he's used us in the past. It doesn't justify God for using us now. God doesn't owe us his presence, but to the people that pay the price, we have a role and God will be involved in it. We must be intentional. We must be hungry. I said this morning to the, pe- to the people what Brother Jake always says, your prayers have to mean something to you before they mean something to God. I mean, the, the earnest has to come from you, amen, before they mean something to God. That doesn't mean God doesn't love us. But it's whether or not we can call and bring God into our situations. Those who maintain the testimony of life will be chosen. Those that are alive and remain alive, hallelujah, are the ones that I'm talking about. God's calling out of the church an army. He's not just calling Christians. Hello? There's Christians all over this world. But in this time, for what is required in this hour, God's got an army. And they're going to march through the land. And deliverance is going to be their song. And healing is going to be in their hand. Gideon started with over 20,000 people. Near 30. In the end, God dwindled the thing down to 300. 300 that were called to break through that line. Now, once they broke through, the Bible says the others came in and followed. But we're talking about the ones that have been chosen to press through. Amen. Our assignment tonight... Hallelujah. It's to communicate three things. What type of vessel will be used, what the message will be, and how do we discover the method? What type of vessel? What will the vessel say? And how are we to do it? Amen. Amen. I, I feel y'all looking at me like a cow at a new gate tonight. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. Amen. The vessel. Already said that God's looking for a particular kind. And that vessel represents the symbol of a man or a woman or a people. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 6 if you will. You know that familiar book in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 6. The question came in verse 8, who shall I send and who shall go for us? That was the question. Who shall I send? Now we know that Isaiah was a prophet from chapter 1 to chapter 5. He was a prophet from the beginning of the book through the speakings of God. Amen. And through the speakings to the people, he was functioning in the office of prophet. But in chapter 6, he testifies in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now, we know that both the prophet and the people and the temple were impacted by this experience. The Bible describes how the temple was shaped, how it shook, and how the train of the glory of God filled the temple itself. So this is Isaiah, the prophet of God, who's been functioning for five chapters in the Bible. In verse 5, we see this encounter. Now, as a prophet, we see that Isaiah sees the Lord, but when he sees God, then the coals come and become a a part of what Isaiah's experience is. Now, when Isaiah saw God, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Now, listen to me, church. If you would walk up to Isaiah as a church member and say, Isaiah, you've got unclean lips, he'd probably say, no, I don't. If if, if somebody in here will walk over to you and tell you something about you, you're going to probably deny it. Do you understand me? Where he was functioning in his office. Some of us are doing what we do. And and, and a brother can come and tell you something. And you say, man, I'm good, man. I don't have no issue, Brother Chad. I'm all right. But Isaiah had to admit. Why? Because he saw the Lord. See, the difference was it didn't come from a man. It came from God himself. So we see that God did a work, and he took the coals and he put them upon his lips. It wasn't condemnation for Isaiah, but it was transformation for Isaiah. Hallelujah. The Lord says you must be transformed by the renewing of your minds. This was the work. This is the fire that purified that. It takes a pure heart to see God. It takes a purged heart. And Isaiah was active in ministry, but there was still a vacancy in heaven. Who shall we send? Amen. What if God just spoke in the service? Brother Jacob has been here two, three years. And say, I want to find which preacher I'm going to send to 11th Street and Corley. The corner of 11th Street. Brother Jacob is going to say, well, I'm, I'm right here at 11th Street and Corley. I'm the pastor on the corner of this city. I'm right here. It makes all practical sense that he's the one. Isaiah, it made all practical sense that he would be the one that God would send, but the question still remained Who shall we send? It was a contemplation between God in the Spirit. He said, I'm looking for somebody who I can send, but there was a prophet that was in a position. It seems that God is not looking for pastors. God is not looking for orators, but God is looking for those that'll meet the demands and the requirements that He's looking for, so that we can be used by Him. Hallelujah! God loves us, but if we waste time in pride, then in God will—they'll have somebody in a secret place that may be over us and God. I don't know what, what I can do or how I can do it, but God, I just want You to use me. Now we're over here and we've got a position, we've got everything. And, 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 and we've got pride, Brother Johnny, and we're just full of ourselves. But here's somebody in a secret place crying out to God. Say, God, I don't know how, I don't know where, but I just want you to use me. See, before long, God's gonna stop dealing with that pride. He's gonna stop fooling around with those that don't wanna listen. He's gonna take and move up and come and say, Well, I'll tell you what, I'll raise up somebody over here that's willing to do it. This is how God works. God's not looking for positions. Amen. He wasn't looking for a pastor. He's looking for alignment over there on Cardinal Drive. From the first moment I walked into that church, amen, we're praying not for a pastor. I'm not praying for a church. We're praying for alignment. Is that true? We're praying that God would line us up. And perhaps, if it be the will of God to allow this. Church, that is the key. I don't know about all the sermons you've heard in life. But I'm telling you, it's all about lining up with God. If we line up, we'll reflect God. Who shall I send? Psalms 139 and 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This is the remedy to the situation. God will align us in Psalms 51 and 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Amen. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. A broken spirit. You know, you hardly ever see brokenness in the church anymore. You hardly ever see those that will be willing, no matter whether people are watching them or not, to lay on this altar and weep it out, cry it out, pour it out, and leave it on that altar. Amen. I love to sing more than anybody. I've been singing on this platform 30 years. But I'd rather weep before God than to jump and shout and clap and run. I'd rather be broken because I know this one thing. Whether those guys are homeless on the street, and whether they, are, they have it all together or not, when they cry out to God in a broken and a contrite spirit, God shows up. He shows up. He shows up. This is the way, a broken and a contrite spirit. It's not in our reputation. I thank God that a good name should be desired above riches. But God is looking in my life for brokenness. It's the hardest thing to do. Pride won't let us weep. We can pray, we can fast, and we can even preach. But nothing will take the place, church, of true brokenness. True brokenness. True brokenness. True brokenness. brokenness. If there's one mark that I would want to leave my son's, If there's one mark I would want to leave upon my family, if there's one mark that I would leave upon this church, that that was a man that had a broken and a contrite spirit. Forget about everything else. Remember the times of weeping in these altars. Remember the times of gathering around these altars and praying through and crying out. Remember the times of those that we were praying that needed to be saved in our families. Remember the times when people would come up and wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember the prayer lines and the times that we wept, U.D., together. If there's any mark that I want to leave on this night, is that there's a mark of brokenness. Because without God, I can do nothing. I never want my sons to be men that are just big men that can Do whatever it is. If they won't be broken men, then they will not be used by God. We may rise on earth, but the higher we rise, the further our knees get away from the ground. I said we may rise in the earth. We may climb the corporate ladder. Business might be good. We may get the new house. We may get all of the things that we always wanted, but remember that as we rise on earth, the knees are farther away from the place where they really belong. From where they really belong, Victor Temple. Brokenness. If we can just lay it all out to God, God will commit himself to us, church. He's a covenant-keeping God. If we'll give ourselves to this thought, of brokenness, hallelujah, the message that we preach. We must preach the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and understand what that message represents. If I was in a company and I wanted you to speak for my company, I wouldn't put you up there to talk about something. Brother, you Udy, these a systems security guy. Is that top secret? I don't know. Okay, I'll just check it. Yudi's a top guy. But if Yudi was going to do a presentation on network securities, truly, he wouldn't ask me to do the talking. Why? Because I don't know the ins and the outs of the system. I don't know the vision of the company. I don't know the message he's trying to convey. So I would not be the one that is equipped to speak the message. So it is with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us in here cannot even tell a lost person how to be saved. Many of us in here don't spend the time in the scriptures to know the word of God. And so therefore, like me with Brother Yuli, I'm representing something that I really don't have a thorough knowledge of the message of the ins and the outs, Sister Mary. See, because the devil out there knows how to cut up. Hello? And the world knows a lot about church these days. The world's a little churchy. They'll come from the club and come right to the pew. And the church is a whole lot worldly. So we find that the message must be From a vessel that understands and knows what it's talking about. And that's not just the pastor. It's not just the pastor. We must once again become able ministers. We must study to show ourselves. Somebody say ourselves. Ourselves approved unto the Lord. You should think, how can I win a soul on an elevator? Hello? Instead of spending all that time ticking and dicking with you know and all this stuff and the things that we do, and I know it's funny, but it's sad too. We should spend the time in the Word of God. Because what you read, you become. Shelby's a nurse back there. She read that nursing book, and guess what? She passed the test, and she became a nurse. Now, if I'm going to be a child of God, and God's going to use me in this end-time revival, I've got to line up with the Word of God so that I can be used. Listen to me. I'm telling you, it can't just be the pastor. It can't be. Just the pastor. Where are the women from Titus chapter 2 that are going to teach the younger women of things of modesty, things of shamefacedness, things that only women can teach? Hello? Only women can teach. Where are those that are filling the gaps of those that have gone on before? There were women when you was in this choir back in the old days, if you came up in here and your skirt wasn't the right length, Sister Woodall was going to tell you something about it. Hello? I'm just telling you how the rubber hit the road. That was a, that was a checking from the older women. That was something that put things in step. And Brother Clinton and Pastor Robert, they never had to deal with it. Why? Because everybody found their place. Do we know our place? Do we understand with all of the wealth of preaching with all of the wealth and the volume of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, have we found the third level of anointing of alignment? Or is just the anointing of our lives from our new birth? Listen to me. The new birth is just the beginning. It's just the threshold. He said, that just gets you to see the heel. The new birth lets you see the hill. On the hill far away stood an old rugged cross. It just gets you entered to the hill. But the Word of God says in Psalms that say that, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Only he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. That's not lifted himself up to vanity or sworn deceitfully. You know what that is? That's alignment. That's alignment. Do you want to see the hill, or do you want to ascend up the hill? Do you want to see the hill, or you want to be able to stand in the holy place? God's plan and the end times. Over this church, the Holy Ghost is hovering even now. And He's looking over the hearts of men and women. And He's finding, and He's looking for a place to land this word. He's hovering. The Spirit is always looking. He's looking to find someone that will receive it. Isaiah found out that he was a prophet, but he wasn't lined up. He had a position, he had a title, he had experience, but the Lord was still looking for somebody to send. Is it sad of us that we've got history, we've got a building, we've got a testimony, we've got a ministry around the world, but Beaumont is going to hell and in flames? What shall we say? Who will God send? This is about alignment tonight. It's about all of these pastors in here tonight. Various churches. What will the message be? And as ye go, Matthew 10 and 7 says, Preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I remember when I come into this thing, I lived every day looking for the rapture. First of all, when I come up in here, I didn't really know much about the rapture. I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. I was learning things along the way. Oh, am I the only one? Sister Boyd, I come here just for Sandra. I said already. But when I got here, I started diving in. I hooked up with those gray-haired saints that were out there in that 5 o'clock prayer meeting every morning. I found a way to learn something. Nobody taught me what I'm telling you tonight. He told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but God, which is in heaven. Some things only God can show you, but we've got to line up the message that the kingdom of God is at hand. And once we preach that message, he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. The message we preach is in March. Mark 16 and 15. And he says to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, it doesn't say to every man. I want to tell you how powerful this gospel is. It don't only touch man, but it touches the whole creation. It says it right here. Preach the gospel to every creature. When those revivals broke out in Wales. And when those revivals broke out in Lewis, not only were the people affected, but the businesses were affected. The animals stopped kicking people in the stalls. Everything lined up when revival really came. When revival really comes to Stanley, there's going to be a difference. There's going to be a difference. There's an element of the gospel that will set the world in order. Go is the command. God tells us. And this is the other thing that we preach. We should preach in Acts 20. And 27, the whole counsel of God. For I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Be careful, church, that we understand the diversity of the body of Christ. The diversity of the body of Christ. Look at this. The gospel transcends all cultures. I learned this in the Philippines because out there on that missionary field, it's a different world. The gospel transcended the Filipino culture, but I could not. Do you hear me? I had to deal with the cultures of the land. The gospel transcends all cultures. But I'm telling you right now, there are places in Violet, Texas that I can't go preach by myself. That didn't wake you up? And I tell you that there's places Brother Jake can't go preach here in Beaumont, Texas. The gospel transcends all cultures. God has never intended for his body to be homogenous. He's never intended for the body to all look the same. He never intended for the most segregated time in the week to be Sunday morning church. For there to be a black church and there to be a white church. Oh, I got y'all attention now. God's intent was never that way. Just as Joseph was given from his father a coat of many colors. And he was a type of Christ. Christ is a Christ of many colors. He is diverse. There's no shadow in Christ. This is what God wants in this hour, church. Listen to me. There's enough pastors in this house that if alignment can come, we can touch the cities of this community. There's enough people in this house. I'm talking about people that have connections, people that have a pulpit. That pulpit in my hand and this mic is just as powerful as it was in Adolf Hitler's hand. It means something. To move the hearts of men. When is the church going to move the hearts of men again? We come to sing, have a good time, get our on, and people are going to hell by the droves. Oh my God, church, what shall we do in this hour? The message is, the kingdom of God is at hand. God has never intended for us to be of one type. The differences of the body are in what makes us beautiful. Hallelujah. We all carry different graces in different races. Hello? The method is the last thing. As I begin to close. The method. Tarry until. Wait. Don't leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power. The method comes from the Lord of the harvest. It doesn't matter what seminary says. It doesn't matter, no offense, Sister Smith, what Brother Smith did at the church over there in Vather. Because the truth of the matter is, what worked out there ain't going to work on this corner. And the truth of the matter is, what works here in America don't work in the Philippines. The gospel transcends culture, but you do not. You're going to have to deal with that man. That's why the school of Christ is so effective. We go there, we train the men, and kind reach kind. Now, we've went all around the world and done that, but we've left this city to its own doing. And as we have left that commission, the crime of the city has risen. The crime of this city and this community has risen. Not just Beaumont. There's crime in Mid-County. That's not just Beaumont. There's crime in Bridge City. Not just in Beaumont. There's crime in Lumberton. Enough dope in that school to drown an elephant. You just don't hear about it on the news. Am I right, Brother Chad? God wants to do something, and I believe he wants to do something now. This pivot and this transition in my life is no mistake. Brother Jacob's unction and God dealing with him, Pastor Turner just passing, all these things of alignment. Listen to me. God wants alignment. I stand here, and when I walk away tonight, there is no division between you and I. Listen to me. We are one. When I walk out of this place, there's not going Listen, I was here Monday night for prayer meeting. <laughs> right, Brother Jake? Brother Jake was here Monday night. I was in this church Monday night for prayer meeting. I have no intentions on turning my back on you all. The question is, will we turn ourselves frontward and face that world out there that needs this church to be what she should be? That's really the question. Who shall I send? Everything don't work everywhere. That's like saying all your children alike. No, they're not. Jeremy ain't nothing like Caleb. Caleb ain't nothing like Andy. And Andy kind of like Christian a little bit. But they're all different. You get my point, amen. But until we learn to tarry and wait, listen, the worst thing I could do at New Horizons is start doing a bunch of programming, Brother Jake. Making a bunch of plans and starting a bunch of things. We're going to do this. We're going to have ice cream cups. We're going to play basketball. We're going to do do all these different things. God don't need no programs. God's looking for people. God's looking for somebody to deposit a message into that will reach a community that is lost. One of the hardest times of my life was two weeks ago when I got the call that Jason was dead and found in that morgue. My family called me. I couldn't pick the phone up. Brother Jake and I couldn't even text. My fingers were froze. I know his were. It stuck in me like nothing before. It stuck. I've lost my daddy. I've lost both of my grandmothers. I've buried both of my grandfathers. I've buried a granddaughter. But when Jason Briggs died, it stuck in my gut. It stuck in my gut you know why because I spent more time with Jason I believe as an individual than I have in years collectively or there's never been anybody that's that's required me to spend as much time and I'm not talking about Jason because Jason was a wonderful brother let me tell you something a wonderful brother there was a post just today about what he did a few months ago he got it you may have saw it he borrowed some money, needed some help wanting to work. He'd, go, he'd walk from MLK all down these streets just needing a ride. And he walked that Washington Boulevard looking for a place to wash windows, clean things so he could make money for molesting those kids. That's Jason Briggs. I know a bunch of church men won't even sit up there and pick up something on the floors of the church or help their own. Before we look at somebody who's out there struggling, Let me tell you something. Every Sunday we come in here with relapses and recoveries. Hello? It's just that we look at dope and these things differently. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. Relapse and recovery every Sunday. Got to come back here every Sunday and be saved again. Relapse and recovery. I looked at Jason. You know what he wanted more than anything, Brother Jake? He just wanted to have a friend. He just wanted to be a part. He would call me almost daily. (laughs) Reaching out with encouraging words to me. That post from Sachi's Bakery over there, didn't anybody see it? Jason had got some money from this lady. She, she, She loaned it to him, gave it to him. How long ago, Sanja? No, how long had he gotten the money? Two months ago. Jason was found on the 13th dead. On the 12th, he goes back to this bakery over here, brings this woman who gave him something, helped him when he needed something. He brought her a dozen of roses and gave it to her. Brought it to her place of business. A considerate person. I know that don't save him, but it was a mark that something had happened in his life. Listen to me. To pursue God is the thing. Not perfect in all of our ways, but perfect in all of our desires. When I see the blood, I pass over you. Brother Cuninus said nobody's walking inside that doorpost under that blood to see who smoked a cigarette last night. The blood of Jesus is the thing that brings it about. I can't put nobody in and I can't preach nobody out. I hear you. You can say good things about people, Sister Trahan, and it don't make them get in no quicker. And you can say a whole bunch of bad things about the people on them streets. But some of them are going to take heaven by violence because the violent take it by force. Some of them are hungry for the kingdom of God. But that Ethiopian was sitting on the side of the road. Amen. And he was sitting there reading the book of Isaiah. And here comes the man of God. He's transported there. And He says, "He said, what are you reading? I'm reading the gospel. Do you know what you're reading? He said, how can I know unless somebody show me? How can I know? How can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? You all are to be able ministers. The same training for Pastor Jacob is the same training for us. Hello? The same development for that pulpit is the same development for that pew. It's the altar. It's the altar and it's that blessed book. I challenge you tonight, Victory Temple, as I walk out of these doors, not with division, but with a focus and a passion for what God wants to do in this hour. You look at this. If you'll get behind Brother Jake. Hello. You'll find your place to these prayer meetings. It's what this church was built on. I don't know about no other church. I can't tell you about any other church. I know that the man of God was a Marine. And when we had 5 o'clock prayer meeting, he was here at 4.15 in the morning. Am I right, Brother Johnny? He built this house on prayer. And if this man of God is not able to stir us to pray, We are not where we need to be in alignment, church. I know that there's the private, but there is the corporate that comes together and I'm fitting together to make up that, that we, listen, we can encourage one another in prayer. Hear me, men. Men, men, men. Hear me, men. As you go, so goes your family. As you go, so goes your wife. I love my grandbabies back there, but I am not going to rock them to sleep to hell. I'm going to deal with everything. If they're not doing right, I'm going to deal with it. You can ask Jason Max. Boy, listen, you better stop that running in church. I'm not going to do in the name of love, let them do anything. Men, stand up in this hour. Be the men that God's called us to be, Brother Danny. The priest of our home. You're going to take this girl out of this church. You be faithful as a man of God. You come get our best girl. You better be the best man. Amen. Men, rise up. Be what God has birthed us to be. Get behind the man of God. Don't leave him alone in prayer meetings. Devil's fighting him, things swirling around his head, all the pressures on his shoulder. He's the lover and the keeper of your souls. That's what a pastor is, and you're going to leave him with the attack of the devil? Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost in the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. Don't you think that man of God's got pressing on him? Why is he alone in a prayer meeting? He ought to have men opened in the door and say, Pastor, you here? Come on. I'm opening the door for you. Amen. Men that don't beat him to the spot. That's a good team. I want to challenge us tonight. The method is to wait. Have we waited on God to know what Beaumont, Texas, Viler, Lumberton, Port Arthur really needs? Or do we think we got it all figured out? Let me tell you something, that devil can come into your house. It used to be my grandmother, if I wanted to go to a dance or go party, she said no. Amen. If I wanted to go spend the night, no. Anything I wanted to do, she always said no, Sister McCloney. She just told me no for everything. So she always could see me in the house. She liked seeing me. But here's the thing. That devil can come into your house and get your little girl through that little bitty electronic device. Listen to me. The devil's in the second half of the, of the game, and y'all still playing around first quarter, tied, neat Gatorade, and a fan blowing on you. The devil's already changed the game, and he's after those children. Listen to me. The destruction is going to make you cry. Jesus said, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Weep for your children. I'm telling you, the game is not fair. There's a war, Shannon. He's coming for the best we got. He's coming for the apples of our eye. He won't, When he can't get you, he's going to go after that child. There's something that's to be spoken of for experience. You live long enough, certain appetites die. You don't want to do certain things. Your feet slow. You don't want to get up and go. But children, they've got energy in life. So he takes that energy in life, and he points it in the wrong direction. Hooks them up with the wrong friend. Show them the wrong cartoon. Let them watch the wrong video. And in everything, the innuendo, in everything, they drop the seeds and plant it. And all along the way, we won't wait, we won't tarry, we won't pray. And the devil and the darkness is wiser than us who are in the light. We must come back victory to this place. This is where it began. And I tell you, this is where it will end at the cross. Brother, brother, I'm telling you, you know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth. At this place, men, I speak not to the women. You talk to your own wife. Some of you women don't have men. You got a pastor. Amen. You got older women. But I'm telling you here, men, fathers, husbands, grandfathers, young men, we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. I tell you something, that devil is, is, is pressing hard right now. Kid, People are dying by the droves every night. What shall we do? Who shall God send? Brother Gary, you know I'm telling the truth. Brother Jacob knows I'm telling you the truth, and I'm speaking it to you in love. If there's anybody that would stand here before you other than the man of God himself and say something that is bittersweet, I've earned that right to do that. I've been here long enough amongst you, loved you. Amen. Rolled around. I'm telling you the truth. It's time, Victory Temple. Get behind the man of God. Line yourself up with God. Don't be satisfied with a little anointing just because you saved. Because if you save just that little, you may not stay saved. Because what will pull you away from the altar will knock you out. That's what it used to be preached. Press our way in. Can we stand tonight? Hallelujah. Who shall he send? Who shall go for me was the question. There was a prophet that had a position. Five chapters of hearing the voice of God, but it was something about His life that God had to touch. All of His titles of prophet, all of His speakings and all of what He heard. God took those coals and he purged his mouth. He couldn't brag about nothing. See God 'll take us sometimes and break us down so we can't trust in nothing but Him. i don't want God, brother Johnny, to deal with me heavy-handed. I really want God to deal with me in mercy, in grace, and in love. Why don't we lift our hands, Brother Danny, and just ask the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, here I am. Send me. Let that be the prayer tonight, church. Lord, here I am. Come on, church. I've preached my heart to you tonight. Oh, God. Oh, God. Great God of heaven. Where are the women and the men, Lord, that will stand, Lord? Where are the ones that will contend for the faith that was once delivered unto us, Lord? Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Hey, this is your life you're praying about right now. Think about yourselves in this moment. Hallelujah. Your family, your husband, your wife, your child, your grandchild. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, stir our hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. Church, I feel a breakthrough right now. I feel a breakthrough right now. The devil's been trying to hinder the service all night long, but I feel a breakthrough. Hallelujah. God wants to break through all of the mess. And bring victory back to this house. He wants to bring revival to the streets of this city. And they're crying, what must I do? Show me the way to Zion. Help me. Show me. These altars are open tonight. These altars are open tonight. Oh, God. Come on, church. Oh, God. Where's the cry? That once came from victory temple my god the tears that once stained the altars the men that crowded around this altar when i came in it. there was no place for a young man to pray the old men filled this house and the old women hallelujah oh god in the name of jesus In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Hallelujah. This is your church tonight. You are the church. You're the hope. Hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, God. If this church fails on this corner, hell's going to flood through these streets, church. My God, help us tonight, Lord. Bring us back, Lord. Bring us back to where we first believed, oh God. Oh, bring us back, Lord. Bring us back, Lord. God, I pray for Brother Jacob tonight, Lord. The man of God in this place, Lord. We hold him up before you, Lord. God, we lift him up and pray tonight, Lord. Build a wall of fire about his life, oh God. Oh, every attack of the enemy, Lord. Oh God, let there be men that will stand, Lord. Men that will rise up like John Rich and Brother Colston and, hallelujah, Brother Woodall and those that have gone on before, Pastor Robert, Brother Clendenin. Oh, God, help us tonight.